0: Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Please don't interrupt me while I'm soliloquizing. <laughs> Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, House of the Long Shadows, hail. (laughs) Your legally changed name is insane. I change it for every episode. Yeah, Yeah. and I can't believe you went with such a long one this time, but I appreciate it. I had to do it. You gotta do it when the movie's this good. You gotta. You gotta do (laughs) it. When it's this good. (laughs) When it's this good, you go long, baby, because (laughs) as you can tell by that name, this is of course the Candy Cannon Canon, is the podcast where we do a podcast about Canon films and all of their amazing work and today is the 1983 uh 8384 eh, you never know 83 with canon release. 84 days. US. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The 1983 84 horror classic, quote, unquote "House of the Long Shadows." Spooky. Spooky gothic. (laughs) And today we have some fantastic guests with us talking about this uh, maybe not as fantastic movie. But, (laughs) Frank, you want to give an introduction to our guests?
1: Yes, they are podcast producers extraordinaire. And you might know them from (laughs) left-handed radio. (laughs) Please welcome Anna Rubinova and Adam Bozarth.
2: Hello. Hello. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah.
3: Vincent Price is here <laughs> as
0: well. Yeah. Oh, man, I think I feels like we have like three Vincents just on this podcast. It's nonstop. Do you uh, want a fourth? No, I'm not I, good actually.
2: Yes. Nope. Nope.
3: It,
0: yeah, <laughs> as opposed to the other three Vincents who are very good, and I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> so, thank you for uh thank you for doing this and thank you for choosing House of the Long Shadows, one that Frank and I have been threatening to ourselves for a while, kind of just <laughs> yeah. like you're very it's, welcome. Yeah, there's like four or five that cycle around. It feels like,
1: um, and I feel like we needed the right guest for it too, who could at least appreciate like where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like at least give it a shot, uh, yeah. because I feel like this is one of those very particular movies that like. we we can't really assign it to a guest but like if you find the right guest to be like hey maybe let's try this because you'd have an open mind about it and you're you know cool enough to like give
4: it a
3: chance i don't (laughs) know
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
4: Yeah, i mean we've one of the thing one of our quarantine activities has been watching uh hammer house of horror uh uh
0: content as much as possible
2: yeah and and jeff you'll love this some giallo as well
0: Oh well, you're speaking the language of Garlock. That is great.
4: Yeah, so a lot of a lot of uh, you know, seventies Euro horror and mm-hmm.
2: um but then also all this British Vincent Price stuff. Oh yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. 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 Uh it so it was like a perfect sort of confluence for this thing that we've already been like throwing ourselves into plus the weird world of can- the Canon group.
2: Yeah, we just watched Life Force and so I was expecting it to be that Right. But instead it was like some sort of movie onion. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's smelly. Peel it and it gets Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Weirdly, I just saw that uh, I believe the screenwriter had a connection to Life Force. He did a little uh, a little punch-up on it at the very least. Oh, so it all sense. connects because also it's canon. That's one of the ways they save money is everyone works on everything at all times. <laughs> yeah, and probably got paid a lump sum. Uh, 100%. <laughs> uh, Because, yeah, I, looking quickly at... Austin, our good friend Austin's book, I believe he said that this is one that actually like both came in budget, but also ran out of money. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah. at the same time, yeah. and the director had to like front cash to the that's,
2: to the that's, elderly. That's, actors. that's like a
4: boilerplate thing that you can put in the trivia for any canon movie. Mm-hmm. Is just halfway through they <laughs> ran out of money. exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how reliable IMDb trivia is, but it said <laughs>
0: it's always dead said. on.
2: Yeah, three weeks in, they ran out of money. And I was like, oh, no, how long did it take? Oh, five weeks of shoot. Oh, okay, that's fine.
3: Yeah, I'm amazed (laughs) I got three weeks.
0: weeks. A big movie shoot, yeah.
3: (laughs) Craft service was
0: insane before that. I mean, they were getting so many crafts, and they were getting so many treats. And then at the third week hit, oh. Peter
1: Cushing alone, you know, has a real uh, ham habit. So
0: (laughs) he's getting those. Honey, honey roasted ham, baby. Left and right. The kush. <laughs> Peter that's how he the rolls. whole
4: ham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I want a ham for me. <laughs> uh, um, who was that? Vincent well, or John what, Carradine? Who knows? Anyone.
1: <laughs> what's really sad about this, too, is like he fronted that money and then like this was his last film. Right. The director's last film.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So he was that's, like, I'm out. That's a canon. Yeah. I mean, he went out on Four Legends. See, so at least he's got That's that. That's true. Um, well, uh, five Desi Arnaz Jr., Yeah, thank you're you. right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I always... I was uh, counting him. I wasn't counting John Carradine. Sorry, Carradine. You got he, second billing to Desi Arnaz Jr. <laughs>
2: Desi Arnaz Jr.'s <laughs> <laughs> last film was playing his dad.
0: Oh, oh really? Oh. Oh, right. Because it wasn't that the made-for-TV movie? The Mambo Kings. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I mean... Damn. I'm sure he nailed it, just like he does in this movie. Another piece of Desi
4: Arnaz Jr. trivia, his real name, is Desi Arnaz IV. Oh,
1: what a liar. What a (laughs) fucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole. Fucking auto man (laughs) acting motherfucker. Uh. Uh, no!
0: (laughs) So before we get uh, completely into the movie, first off, uh, Mm. uh, so... We like to always start off by kind of talk about like you, you gave us a little bit. You've been getting into uh, uh, some canon films during uh, the pandemic, during the quarantine. But did you have any relationship with canon films before this uh, of note?
4: Um, I think it's more of a general sort of relationship with canon in the whole world of bad movies. Like, mm-hmm. I think similarly to Frank and probably a lot of your listeners, like, my first exposure to canon is through Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. And so, like, those are, like, the ones that you can watch, like, as a kid and your parents won't let you watch R-rated movies. And then later you start watching R-rated movies and you're like, whoa, (laughs) 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 these are some (laughs) insane films. And um, I've been trying to get more into specifically canon stuff uh, lately because of your guys' show. And also, like, we're in this, like, movie club thing and we watch the Apple this mm-hmm. is like a very fa- foundational goal on Globus production.
0: Um, you can't go wrong with the apple. God, <laughs> <laughs> that's our you motto, can. the Canter Bros. You can't go wrong with the apple. Wait a second, our, what we said about it is completely the opposite. <laughs> it was a very dis- it was a very divisive episode, apparently. But well, yeah, well. Right. That's yeah. what we do, where you set hot takes left and
4: right. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, and so, yeah, that that's sort of where it is with me. And I think with, I mean, Anna, feel free to elaborate, but I think uh, your exposure is through me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not entirely fair. I think my exposure to canon is just being in comedy with, with folk like you three, you mm-hmm, know, and just mm-hmm. not knowing why I like certain things, right? but knowing that I do. So... <laughs> I, I I'm enjoying the process of learning where the things I like come from
3: mm-hmm.
2: now that I'm old enough to access it. Cause I didn't grow yeah. up with like VHS tapes. I was probably a little too young to see these. Well, definitely too young to see these in theaters. Sure. So, and where do you find them if people don't expose you to them? So right. I think very, very slowly, you know, like you're exposed to bad movies through comedy, like, you know, um, uh, I don't want to name drop, but like uh, a roommate of mine, um, my first roommate was really into bad movies, right? Uh-huh. Um, Curtis but his Quinn? Te- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: dropped it for you. I dropped it for you. I mean, it's like we all could fill in the gaps in about two well, seconds. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's
2: just so funny because like that was a crazy situation. Um, n- Not because of him, because I was like 23 living with like two 40 year old men. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sounds crazy. Yeah, real CBS sitcom going on. Yeah, that. it
2: should have been a sitcom. Who are brothers? Yeah, by the way?
0: that yeah. was the basis for two guys, a girl, in a pizza place. Yeah, I yeah. Think. And I'm uh, supposed to
2: be the Gemberling? Like th- that makes absolutely no sense. So yeah, I got I got replaced mid show.
3: Yeah, he, sure. he did. He, he did, got replaced. Yeah.
2: yeah. So um, all of that to say, every time I would come across a bad movie like Troll Two or you know, um, what's a what's another one that I, like, absolutely went crazy for? Like, the Rotor? Apple... What was that? Rotor? I don't know Rotor. Rotor. Uh, is that one you R-O-T-R? R-O-T-R? What is that, Wasn't one? that
1: one? It was like a, it's like a Terminator kind of rip-off, I think. Mm-hmm. That might be a could-have-been-a-canon, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, might have to yeah. throw that in the pile.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Well, speaking of could-have-been-a-canon, like, any Schwarzenegger film that I've seen, like, as an adult... Mm -hmm. I've just been like, why didn't I love this as a kid? Like, why didn't I? I I thought it wasn't for me. Well, that's
0: it. So what was for you? Like, I mean, because we also like to talk about, like, what was your kind of viewing habits as a kid and kind of growing into, like, you know, junior high, high school, et cetera.
2: I'm one of those kids who basically was asleep until their 20s. Okay. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I was only child isolated immigrant parents, no money. And so I just was kind of I kind of existed, but didn't didn't exist at the same time right so once i hit the improv community i was just like wait what's this and that and this and and like you know filling my my dumb little stomach with you know all these like (laughs) candies and treats until i got sick and threw up one
0: of the reasons why people get so excited about the improv community because it's finally something (laughs) something to do well it was that
2: and like um i heard you guys mention like kazah i was like Oh yeah, cause uh, like once I figured out how to like steal music, I knew sure. music. Yeah, you know, like I it wasn't just like the one Britney Spears CD that I bought. No, it was a tape. <laughs> I had a choice, a CD or a tape. I went with tape because that's how stupid I was. And so <laughs> now <laughs> I'm trying to it's make back, up though. for lost time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one,
0: they're back, but also that was how I saved money. Like you go,
2: yeah, tape. that's.
1: Like, I would always. uh Debate between like, uh, what? Would I'll buy this on CD and this on tape, or this on DVD and this on VHS, depending on like, I'll give it a try.
0: What killed me that the try would kill me because I'd be like, oh, when I'm getting into hardcore, I'll be like, I'm gonna try this on tape, and I'll be like, oh, that's the only record they o- had, like a <laughs> oh, yeah. demo. I was like, yes, I own it on tape for the rest of my life.
4: <laughs> Were you guys also? um did you guys tune into Monster Vision on TNT with Joe Bob Briggs?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is
0: yeah. Is that also part of it for you guys?
1: Yeah. That was a big it, part of it. it. Yeah.
0: Like, any, like, I mean, we talked about Night Flight on the last one. Like, that was a chunk. Uh, yeah. uh, a lot of stuff that was on this channel, WPIX, channel 11, for me. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Um, uh, just because that was where they would do, like, I'd be like, oh, I'd somehow have seen Friday the 13th, like, pieces here or there, like, 20 times. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, And then HBO was the biggest. My dad had a a, a legal box that he got in the back of Rolling Stone. Um, And I remember being very worried about it. He's like, my friend's in the FBI. It's cool. (laughs) In retrospect, (laughs) I was like, I don't think he worked in that department, but whatever. Um,
2: Everyone in Brooklyn and Queens had an illegal box, but that is not what we watched on it.
0: No. Well, we also did get the Spice Channel. I mean, please, like, that's just Hell yeah. uh, uh, the weird, super edited porn that existed on the Spice Channel. Oh, man. We
1: couldn't afford HBO, but there was USA up all night, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: And you know what is a big. I, uh, I was sorry. Uh, go on, Frank. Go on. No, like that was like
1: kind of being like, well, I'm not gonna watch the scrambled, uh, you know, HBO. So I'll just
0: watch that. That'll that's where I get my kicks. (laughs) (laughs) Did we talk about my camp friends? Because it related, it relates kind of this, but to horror. Like I, how I had a friend in like I went to Holiday Hill Day Camp, and I was into horror as a child, like very young, because they would do shit like. I remember Christine being shown on ABC on Sunday night. That was the first time I saw Christine. Mm -hmm, Um, uh, And the first time I saw Halloween was at my dad's, like, businesses like, annual picnic at his, like, (laughs) like, co-worker's house. Like, he was, like, kind of hippie family. So they, we watch whatever we want. And I watched Halloween, and that changed everything. But Mm -hmm. I had a dude at Holiday Hill Day Camp uh, that he was like, yeah, man, I've seen every horror movie that's ever existed. (laughs) (laughs)
3: And so I would just
0: sit there and be like, all right, what was the plot of this movie? What was the plot of this movie? And when I got older and saw all of them, finally, I was like, oh, he was a liar. He was a pathological (laughs) liar who wanted to be friends because he was like, yeah, the reason Jason kills is because they desecrated his grave. And I was like exactly the plot of what Friday the 13th is so I had like a weird mushy what the hell is going on in every single movie so when I finally saw them I had to be like oh that's what is actually happening it was uh, like so telephone one kid idiocy. lies to
4: you at camp and that sets you on a lifelong journey of watching all the horror movies to prove it <laughs> that wrong.
0: Didn't make sure he's yeah right. <laughs> it ruined my life uh it made me have way too many niche podcasts and uh <laughs> alienate sketch students by talking about Halloween Three seasons of the witch and Cobra, not stop. Yeah, sorry, friend, Desi Arnaz Jr. And that's how it all ties together because Desi yeah. Arnaz Jr. You know he's got the goods. Um, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> it was a proto Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I was so mad he was in this movie.
3: Really? Well, because he's, he's not quiet. good. Well I, well, I know
4: we're all having fun with him being like this Hollywood hotshot and everything, but it was still just like his character, his. His acting in it, he really felt like, oh, he won a contest.
0: I, I hundred <laughs> percent. That does feel like, I mean, like, we'll get into it. The Cannon Bros catchphrase. But it is like <laughs> his, it, 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 we always talk about like the, the difference between like cheap and low budget and movies. But also there's like bad acting and then just like frustrating. Like it did feel like nepotism. Right. Like on a fucking because it was just like his his acting was eyebrow work uh, and grimacing and it was exhausting from the yeah. first fucking scene he showed up. Right. in. This um, guy
4: is the son of Lucille Ball and he cannot deliver a funny line.
0: He ain't doing a face take. Uh, he is not pulling a Lucille either. Would, that's the like, thing. It's like a combination of not being able to deliver a funny line, like both of his parents, and not yeah. being able to be one of the best, like, like facial comedic actors, like a oh, Lucille yeah. Ball. Like, instead, he's just going plank, plank, yeah, like, it's like It a really schmink. feels
4: like he's dropping things. Like, it, it would be like if every in every <laughs> shot if he dropped the props or just knocked stuff over. Like, that's how inept he is with his acting. <laughs>
2: right. It's also not quite fair. I mean, he's surrounded by the best actors of not his generation like 10 right. generations prior of, but- of, all <laughs> of all time
1: yeah boy they're gonna and they're gonna make it they're gonna chew that scenery too so
2: but
0: that's the thing they don't show up for like 40 minutes <laughs> right so yeah. anna we have 40 minutes to realize like wait a second this guy, this guy gets murdered <laughs> just yeah. hoping I mean and by that point too I like had written down like a good drinking game if you drink for this game is take a fucking shot every time he talks about him being a writer and right. it was like you would be drunk and annoyed within five minutes in this
2: fucking he wasn't an annoying ca- like he was written annoyingly he was played terribly it's yeah. hard to separate the two because mm-hmm. he's not he's not just like a right a Hollywood big shot novelist <laughs>
1: you know the type
2: yeah you know the type he's also he also is like kind of a misogynist doesn't believe in love for absolutely no reason thinks that um classic literature is hack
0: right (laughs) that's that's the time though you know that's these kids today these kids today they're so cynical they just don't believe in love all they believe in the Lie, which is a great book. It's one of my favorite books, the book that he wrote in that movie. <laughs> with that, that raunchy cover. With the Statue of Liberty, dog, with he he big old tatas.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, the <laughs> Statue of Liberty. Just, that, that, that image, when they showed that Statue <laughs> of Liberty book cover, I was like, oh, yeah, this is canon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like immediately, I was like, because I was like, oh, maybe this will have the tone of a hammer you know horror but then right. like they immediately they show that book cover and i'm like
0: oh okay i mean here's the thing though t- i mean here's just a question to posit uh, uh what type of writer is he going off of the bookcase a book jacket of the lie <sighs> and also let's go off of that the the book signing he is going to seems to be that they ran down to a michael's and just grabs like some neon green paper and quickly. Oh, wrote. that's
4: that's publishing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's just that's just the cut rate world of publishing. So it's
0: <laughs> true. And I have been to when my band had to do signings, and then you get there and you're like, oof, maybe we don't need to. I remember once being at one and like calling our record label and being like, we don't ever have to do these again um there's literally <laughs> zero people here and it's depressing we're in the middle of Arizona uh oh, but comment. what what do we think is that I have a feeling of what I think the writing might style might be but what type of writer do we think this guy is
2: well he he writes fiction right that's sure. the whole plot of the movie um probably like an anti-Danielle Steele
3: <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah.
0: You think he's like, but do you think he's like <laughs> anti-Daniel Steele beach read It's
2: like, it's a, it, it's, it's a beach read for dudes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a pre, oh, he's a proto-Chuck Palnia-Chuck. Yeah.
3: Oh. oh,
2: no. Yeah, I yes. think that's a good one. Yeah, but not as <laughs> raunchy. Absolutely. Like, he's absolutely not that cynical and not right. that violent. I think it's just boring. <laughs> And maybe it's, like, about business stuff, like Wall Street shit, you know? Yeah. Did like you maybe see it's the size of the Statue money? of
0: Liberty's breast though? You think that's not raunchy? <laughs> I'm thinking, like, When maybe... I say
2: raunchy, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sure. When I say raunchy, I mean, like, I, I think I I read a short story by Polinick that was, like, a dude... Um, uh gets stuck to like a pool filter masturbating and his intestines yeah. are sucked out that uh, is raunchy.
0: that story see, also made me nauseous when i read it the- i like not a lot gets me and that was one that was like up there with a couple scenes in american psycho by brett eastnell so i was like woof i can't deal with this and yeah I'm that is i'm guessing from the gross. level of
4: violence in the movie that it's not as imaginative as it is as, as chuck chuckie p <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I was thinking more like a Dean Koontz or oh, yeah. or like if JD Salinger kept writing books.
0: <laughs> I was guessing yeah. like a lower level Tom Wolf. Like that he's like a bonfire of the vanities rip up because of that cynical looking at the world's nature sort of thing. I'm going to speak like a
1: psychic and I'm going to say like (laughs) I'm getting I'm getting visions of Dave Barry for some reason.
4: (laughs) Dave Barry's Midnight Manor.
0: Chuck Palahniuk meets Dave Barry. Pretty amazing mix to think about. (laughs) Like, oh, man, if, if we gave Desi Arnaz like a bowl cut. Like, uh, like a Joe <laughs> Hill style early Stephen King bowl cut. That'd also, be beautiful.
2: Yeah. Apologi- uh, apologies to Chuck P. We've pronounced his name five different ways. That's how we
0: do. I mean, we give you, give you options, you know, I would kill for a mock-up of the lie. Like I would put that on my bookshelf proudly. Like, I would be like, get a load of this novel. Um, so, before we... Ri- I mean, we've already started really getting into it, but, Frank, do we have a couple of facts on this movie? Do we have a little yeah, bit of... Do, yeah, we do,
1: actually. Uh, so, House of the Long Shadows, uh, directed by Pete Walker. Uh, he's kind of basically known for kind of, like, cheap kind of flicks, like Frightmare and School of Sex. Right.
0: Um, like, sexploitation meets exploitation. Yeah, Grindhouse but like, I bit, saw yeah. that there's, like, a collection of his movies, and I was like, neither of us have seen any of these, I bet. Any of them, like, yeah.
3: So...
1: Uh, but this movie was released June seventeenth, nineteen eighty three, in the UK, and April sixth, nineteen eighty four, uh, here, or January twenty seventh, nineteen eighty four, in Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> I guess that's where it debuted in America. I don't know. Maybe they had a red carpet. For that it. was for um, the Oscar nom. They needed to make oh, sure okay. they got that out <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, they had to get that in. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the budget was seven point five million. I didn't see a gross. And this will go into what we talk about uh, here in a minute. Uh, so uh, I just went by the U.S. release, 1984, one of the best years for movies ever, because um, that well, we got Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, The Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Beverly Hills Cop, Star Trek III: The Search for Spock, Terms of Endearment, and Romancing the Stone. So
4: and those are sequels.
1: None of them. Wow. Uh, wait, isn't no, I guess Romancing the Stone is the first one. Yep, right? Jewel of
0: the is the second. Got it. Um, just watched it. And of Doom. the uh pandemic. Watch both of them. They're romps. They're fine. They're romps.
3: Yeah.
1: Um so where do you think this landed that year? Where do you think this charted on the movie scale? Uh, or not movie scale, but the, the movie charts of nineteen eighty four. We're going out of oh. two hundred probably, right? Five. Whoa.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I no, appreciate. Of 200? Of 200? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, 187 on
0: the die. Yeah. I'm going to say 200. <laughs> I mean, I almost want to go a not charted if we don't have a gross, but what do we do? Jeff, think? you are correct. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> this yeah. did
1: not chart, but the other canon movies released this year are breaking, missing in action, Bolero, Ninja 3, The Domination, Making the Grade, and Exterminator 2.
0: I mean
2: Exterminator 2
0: yeah <laughs> it's dope yeah. it's a good movie it's actually pretty fun William Gintzy baby he's great
1: and featuring my favorite song that I can't find anywhere the Duran Duran
0: ripoff song
1: rally rather moon boy rally round the moon boy rally yes <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, we really do have to just record our own version of it. Uh, Put it up our picture. Yeah, we'll just (laughs) pick pick that one little section. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Speaking of Patreon, Jeff, uh, patreon.com backslash mm-hmm. Uh please sign up. Uh, what do our Patreon members say about this movie? So,
0: uh, speaking of our Patreon, first off, I want to thank uh, me, just me, not Frank. Because, man, he has been a jerk lately. Frank, come on. I really on. have. <laughs> hey, sit and spin. <laughs> So th- I want to give an anti spit to two new <laughs> Patreon members here. First off, Michael Bagford, you are now an official molasses two by four, and we appreciate that so much. Thank still you, threatening. Thank you so much, Michael. <laughs> we are still threatening to make those molasses two by four shirts. Uh, those might be coming soon. Also, want to thank friend of the pod and also friend of our guests. Love bands. Oh, Aww. thank you, David. You thank are you a molasses you. two by four. It thank is a you, pleasant. David. I was just chiming in <laughs> to look for some comments on this movie and saw that Blood Band has joined up. And bloodband Band, we love you, baby. You got the goods, Telly Savalas. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you're hired. <laughs> yes. But thank you guys so much for joining the Patreon. Now that you've joined the Patreon, you can do fun things like comment on these movies. And we had a couple comments on these. Uh, so first off, our Patreon member, Kevin Alexander, he said that he, uh, growing up in the UK, Hammer Horror movie, Movies were a cultural staple. I saw so many over rainy holiday weekends. I've never seen this movie, even though it had all the classic stars, and it's a canon I've been meaning to get to. So I'll need to give this a watch this weekend. Uh, I love having uh, uh, at least one uh, British. I believe a uh, UK uh, Patreon member that chimes in Kevin. Uh, we got to hear some insight into uh, that. He did not know above the law was a movie because uh, he thought it was Nico. Cause that's what it's called over there. Um, and then Rob Schnitzer, another Patreon member. Uh, he Bobby. said house of the yawn shadows. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's just oh. me definitely has some classic actors in. <laughs> that's very nice of you that's from patreon <laughs> member gene shallot yes exactly <laughs> man yeah uh, uh you get a double shout out if you join as gene shallot to our patreon. oh
4: no they took him
0: Uh-oh. oh you got so, it yep uh uh yeah sorry my internet's going in and out today uh but yes uh Gene Shallot, please join our Patreon. We want the ghost of Gene shallot uh, joining this. So that would be fantastic. Patreon! <laughs> it's like, Gene, you just did that one. You got to stop with the yawn puns. Uh, it's just, yeah. But yeah, so uh, so House of the Long Shadows. Uh, uh, we should get into it. Uh, hardcore. The, the main thing, the first thing I want to say before we start this, this is a fact that I... Found out right before we started. The music is by Richard Harvey, uh, who did a whatever job. The music's totally sounds like a (laughs) vague. Yeah, it's music, vague, hammery, horror, gothic-y stuff. But I was very excited because I had no idea it was Richard Harvey from a 70s uh, medieval prog group uh, that I enjoy called Griffin. Uh, who have I believe one of my favorite records is Red Queen to Night Four or something like that. Uh, it's like a whole medieval <laughs> chess theme. He also did <laughs> session work and he was on Kate Bush's Lionheart. Uh, oh wow! Yeah,
1: I'm actually wearing wearing your Kate, Kate Bush, Bush, shirt. Bush oh.
0: shirt. Almost wore my exact Kate Bush shirt today as well. Uh, but yeah, I was very <gasps> excited. Griffin is a prog band I used to hunt down uh, all the time. Uh, was not as excited for uh, the music. He made for this movie, but find it on Discogs. <laughs> Get on Discogs, <laughs> baby. Um, so, getting into this. So, yeah, we we we've kind of talked about our general feelings on it. Uh, uh, what is the basic summary of this movie? Uh, it's a retelling. It's a classic canon, like we have the rights to something that's probably public domain yep. mm-hmm. um, at this point. It was based off of a novel called Seven Keys to Baldpate uh, yes. by Earl Dare Biggers, who was mostly known for writing the and creating the Charlie Chan uh problematic detective yeah, series so he's canceled yeah he's yep. <laughs> yeah this is you're on notice earl <laughs> you've been <laughs> dead for like a hundred years and <laughs> no nah, man he's dead. on rogan next week <laughs> <laughs> he's moving to austin baby it's the only place <laughs> yes. writers can write austin yeah, that's where free thinkers can thrive <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah is that i i realizing like kind of halfway through that I was like oh right this is like a Alan Quatermain situation you kind of like watching it at least for me I was like well I'm complaining to myself in my notes about the plot but like how it, it's I've never read it so I don't know if like we need to blame the screenwriter from changing it if this was part of the original plot especially the ending which we'll get into uh well, which the, I was I like maybe it exists up, be-
4: but I looked this up because I specifically was like, where did the ending come from? Mm-hmm. What was?" Because it's also like it's based on well, as the credits say, forgive me, it's the credits say it is not based on Seven Keys to Bald Pate. It is suggested by <laughs> Oh, it's wowzers. By, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not even inspired, just suggested it's as if the story told them <laughs> to do it. Um <laughs> The ending is the same. (laughs) The characters are different. Right. Mm. And also, this was adapted Seven Keys to Bald Pate was adapted adapted into film six times between nineteen nineteen and nineteen thirty-seven or something.
2: Like nineteen sixteen. Yeah, from like nineteen
4: sixteen to nineteen thirty-seven. There's six versions of the well because like movies were like a half an hour long and didn't have any
1: dialogue yeah like that. that's the
2: first the first version is just like uh the same dude in seven different wigs yeah <laughs> probably right.
1: perfect wow this Love was it. like uh, the spider-man
0: of its time just kept exa- getting rebooted <laughs> it's
1: exactly like, like yes it's we Indiana. know he goes to the house we don't need to see that anymore the ball yeah, cinematic
0: does. universe is <laughs> crazy man <laughs> the bcu <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, uh, speaking of cinematic universes, um, uh, Peter Cushing and um, Chris, Chris Lee obviously in a lot of movies together
0: mm-hmm. as Dracula yeah. and,
2: and, and Van Helsing. Correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And this is the only one where Lee gets to kill Cushing, and there's six uh, movies where Cushing kills Lee.
0: Oh, ah, uh, wow! That was part of his contract. Yeah. I'm going out yeah. with a bang. I'm a drunk. It's the
2: last movie they appear in together, <laughs> yeah. which Aww. feels like a letdown, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I- He's not uh, voicing a robot planet, so <laughs> right. I guess they are worse things to do for your last role. <laughs> right. I will say I do love that you're so familiar with Christopher Lee that you just call him Chris Lee. Um. Yeah, we're
2: buddies, you know. <laughs> uh, he's one of the good ones, you know. I don't think he'll ever get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Invited me to the
1: set of Gremlins too. really cool. <laughs>
0: uh, man. Yeah, I mean, because this movie is, it is uh, a paycheck for some older actors, I would assume. I mean, you know, with getting four of the greats in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I bet, though, that they were like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I bet you that, I mean, they got to play together, and also, like, they're all actors who are those type of actors who will just, like, no, I just work. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'll do literally yes. everything. Like, there are there uh, that era's Michael Caine, you know, where, like, it's yeah. like, what? Michael Caine's in another fucking movie? He's like, yeah, because I'm a fucking actor. I mean, Christopher <laughs> Lee will also, I mean, he's on two metal band records and has his own metal record. Like, I mean. Yeah. He's just willing to be like, yeah, I'll show up for a Man O' War narration and then also <laughs> Rhapsody, like an Italian Hollywood symphonic metal band. Like, and he can't be getting paid that much by Man o War or Rhapsody. But I think the guy just likes to work. Uh no, nah, dude, Manowar all full of trust fund kids. Yeah, dude, <laughs> fucking upstate trust <laughs> fund. The, they got the dough. The, the real Spinal Tap has the dough. Uh, <laughs> Manowar, I love you. You're the worst and the best all at the same time. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I bet you, I I would I would like to think they had a blast uh, together, uh, unless they all hate each other. Um, you never know. Who knows? Doubtful. Yeah, I, 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 I've got a feeling. they They've, they've, they've walked the boards together. You know. Also,
2: <laughs> they're all within like four to eleven years of each other in age. Right. Which is funny because they're all playing each other's like parents and siblings. <laughs> and...
0: When John Carradine comes out and is like, "That's my daughter," I yeah. was yeah. like,
3: "Wait,
0: like, okay, what yeah. is going?" Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Her- like, it's, sure. It's a, uh,
4: it's a traveling
0: willberries of horror. It, it truly it truly is. <laughs> and uh and, Which yeah, one is and... the Jeff Lynn? Which one is the one that when we were younger and we didn't know enough about music, we we're like, who's that yeah. guy who gets to hang who's out? That? Yeah.
2: <laughs> also I know this is true for a lot of like canon movies especially, but um it just it's one of these films that proves my point that all actors just look the same and there's no point in knowing who's who, so why bother? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Anna has face blindness I, I was gonna say, face blindness. No, I, was to say. <laughs> I
2: do not have face blindness no like, you just have I you know, have
0: actor you, blindness it's a very specific version of face blindness I, yeah
2: yeah I since I was like probably 10 I was like, who's that guy in that thing like that's just <laughs> right. you know I, I have that that specific pathology. If I meet someone in real life, I probably will never forget them. Mm-hmm. If I see them on screen, I'm just like, who is that? Wait, who's this guy? <laughs> like
0: like you met Chris Lee from? and you know Chris like this. But Peter Cush and John carney they're all the same. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, It, I get, it probably uh, took like seven tries to be like, oh, that's Christopher Lee. Okay, <laughs> he's in that uh, magic movie with all those creatures. She did, she
4: did <laughs> ask me, you know, before we watched it, and while we were watching it, what's, who? where's Christopher Lee from again? And then halfway through the movie, she goes, and that guy, is that Christopher Lee? <laughs> he,
1: well, but to be yeah. fair, they're all dressed and have the same long face.
2: They yeah. do. Like, they all have the
4: same long they're, face. they are, are some of the long faces? They're all, they're you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> I mean, one of them has that hat. That old people
0: have. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, like, the like little fizz. The Schriner yeah. hat. <laughs> yeah.
2: To signify that he is the king of this family. Right.
0: Pop- I mean, that's how he's... you tell the difference the hat. John Carradine was certainly, I, I mean, I get it. He's very old in this. He was sleeping well, definitely mm-hmm. in a yeah. couple scenes. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He definitely wakes up to say his line when he's sitting at the table, at least at that one scene. That's
3: how good of an actor point. he is yeah exactly
0: I I want to get that good where I could
1: take a nap and then when it's my turn to talk (laughs) I like nail it
2: you just fall asleep in a pose that makes sense for your character
3: yeah
0: just just being like yeah you just have to find the way to like it's like how I would take naps in like, you know, English class in high school. It's just like oh, I'm really looking intensely. Yeah, and then just
4: oh, yeah. all you have to do is just get used to waking up and saying things like Destiny has foretold our end
0: <laughs> I mean that is the beauty of this movie is like I think it's a general complaint that we probably all agree upon is that especially like the first forty minutes are just unbelievably sluggish. Like it's yes, just yes. like yeah. could be like ten minutes ideally to kind of get into it. But the minute that the these legit actors start showing up, I was just like, Oh well, I mean, Vincent Price is the best. Like, I mean Should try... we
4: explain the beginning, like what the plot of the movie is? Yes. Yes. Like, so I how we it never starts
0: we're actually about twenty minutes after when we usually give the plot, which is usually twenty <laughs> to thirty minutes. Yeah, we're in.
2: we're forty minutes into the podcast. Yeah, this uh, is how
0: we take. do this. Welcome this to the how it goes, yeah. Uh Yeah, I mean the basic plot of this is that man, there is this young upstart or uh, upmarket. Writer, I don't know what Hollywood that term is. Hollywood novelist. Hollywood novelist Desi Arnaz Jr., who we yeah. all know from the lie. Uh, but he is all pissed off about classics and he thinks Wuthering Heights, he could shit that out. So he makes a bet with his publisher. I'll write it to for you in twenty four hours. Which also somehow involves then I'm gonna go to a uh, castle in Wales. Yeah. Uh, that will give him crazy jet lag. And when he gets there, he's supposed to be the only person there, but instead there are all these old famous Hammer Horror actors that show up. And it's a mystery. This
4: guy's a writer, right? Mm -hmm. And he's just written the hottest book and he's having lunch with his publisher. He's at every B.
0: Dalton's booksellers. He is fucking there.
4: (laughs) At better bookshops near you. And then in... In conversation with his publisher, he says, I could write another book in 24 hours. And he's like, and I bet I can do it if you do if you pay me $20,000. And it's like, okay. So you're the dumbest author on earth. If you just write that book, he's got to give you probably more than $20,000 to publish (laughs) that fucking book. Yeah. And you're going to set yourself up for failure by saying, if I don't do it, I pay you. Probably (laughs) all the money I just earned on the line.
2: Yeah, it took me like a a minute to figure out he wasn't just asking for another job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you've been beaten down by the industry that we are all in. And you're just (laughs) Just thinking that-
2: yeah, we're, every, yeah, every we're
0: all ready like, to slit each other's throats just to get work
2: uh, I don't know how many shoes I've shined you know what I mean I'm just, just in the middle of a lunch meeting hey I'm like, so you work at Viacom that's really cool hey can I shine your shoes real quick
1: no <laughs> no nah, nah, I bet you $10,000 I can do it before two minutes is up <laughs>
0: <laughs> make it 20 if I don't, if I don't I'll pay you yeah (laughs) jesus christ that crazy haggling style yeah and and it's very
4: convenient that his publisher happens to be an english lord who owns a castle
0: in wales oh i don't think is
2: it i don't he doesn't own it right he just knows a guy he's
0: on the board of trustees or they say that at some (laughs) point i think yeah he's in the shriner group with john Carradine. (laughs) (laughs) right they're uh, riding those little go-karts around in parades just weaving it in and out man it's like almost knocking each other over
1: but on the way in his journey somehow uh, well and this is what's really confusing later but he meets or he he the he his eye is caught uh, by a woman who dresses like uh, Edgar Winter <laughs> yeah. uh, and looks like Edgar Winter uh, and he's he's just taken, he's smitten or horny, yeah. whatever he wants. The song to say.
0: Frankenstein personified is in front of her, him, <laughs> <laughs> right. and then,
1: um, so then that lady shows up again, trying to dress up. Uh, well, he he ends up at a train station c- to look for directions, right? And he meets that couple that's there that just happen to be there waiting for a train. That hate and each then, other.
4: Yeah, the yeah. classic they hate, horror, oh. hammer horror trope no, no, of the no. English couple who just is on vacation and hates each other. Yeah, oh, the, the bigger the, the
2: classic newlyweds who hate each other already. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, <right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you a real man?
3: <laughs> that's always, the, that's where it starts. Yes, with. he's
0: a struggling artist. He focuses on his art while everyone else around him struggles. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, struggles to get it up." That's is what that she'll own- No, it's just a twenty-year-old <laughs> woman. I gotta say that light <laughs> fell a little too close to hope. I was like, "All right, chill out. All right, yeah, We're all yeah, we we just all try to we do can all- our best." Fast art. forward through this, <laughs> yeah. please. Hope my wife wasn't listening to that part. Okay, <laughs>
4: <laughs> please don't say this in anger to me <laughs> later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> have a little notebook ah that's a good lie to use later <laughs> so i mean if you're listening to this
1: podcast you probably hopefully you've watched it uh it's on youtube you can watch the full thing yeah uh, that's the only place it's available right now yeah. other than maybe blu-ray i think uh it goes but, in and out uh, it
0: was on amazon and it was on shutter i think at one point it'll come back it's oh really just, yeah i remember almost watching it a bunch of times before we even did this podcast
1: yeah Speaking of Jeff, uh, I mean, you're the one who told me this. I didn't know that, but uh, Joe Bob did.
0: Spookies, people. We have been threatening Spookies since the first episode we ever did. Yeah. I think our intro episode before we even did a movie. Uh, the uh, Joe Bob has caught up to us. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> he heard
1: our podcast and he said, "I gotta I get, do." Gotta I
4: do get like how you preview there. episodes by saying
0: uh, that you're threatening. <laughs>
1: To yeah. do that, yeah.
0: Dude. Mm-hmm. we like to threaten a lot. Well, because <laughs> you know how it is—is is you got ideas and you're also lazy, uh, and that is the Canon Bros' uh-huh. way. So yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but if you're listening to this podcast, you hopefully watched the movie, and just so that we can kind of talk about it in just the context of everything, uh, the reveal at the end, right? Yes. Yeah. So the reveal at the end is.
2: I, I, let, let me put in context. So the guy makes yeah. M- McGee is is Arnez's character. He makes a bet with his publisher Sam. There's that pretty blonde lady, and so he sees her again at the house. Right. her yes. t- First, first she's dressed like an old crone for some reason. Disappears um, in then the then bathroom too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then
2: and then it uh, she reveals herself as like working for Sam and trying to make McGee lose the bet. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, but then hints that wait a second. Um, oh well, let me go back. I thought I could do this. I can't. This is too complicated. <laughs> I know, right? It's like you start well, to say
1: it, and you're like, wait, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like, do you do you go by a course of events or do you go by 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 overall Reveal. themes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the house is supposed to be empty. It's not. There's care, quote unquote caretakers who are obviously not those people. Um, uh, characters keep showing up, including that lady. Turns out she works for Sam, but everybody else is just like not supposed to be there. And she realizes that while calling Sam on the phone and and saying, like, there's caretakers here. And he's like, they're not supposed to be there. Like, oh, no, McGee witnesses all of this. But then... Everything seems to cool down for a bit. McGee goes, writes his novel. She's now friends with him. She sleeps it off while he's writing.
0: Gets a fair she amount of his up. novel done, apparently. Midnight Manor is yeah. turning out okay, which is the yeah. name of his book, <laughs> Midnight I thought Manor. he
4: got there around midnight because it was super dark, but I think yeah. he got there yeah. probably around six
0: o'clock. It's just always exactly. spooky. Welcome in, to Wales.
2: In, <laughs> in Wales, <laughs> where everybody hates everybody. Um, mm, not that so, far
0: off. Been there. It's weird.
2: <laughs> so... Uh, she wakes up. He's, he's in a good space. He's like, I wrote a a really good amount of this novel. So they, they smell dinner. They go downstairs. Smells
0: like a roast. (laughs) The most 50s line ever.
2: (laughs) It turns out it's like some sort of family reunion. Okay. And it's this family that shouldn't live in this house because of something terrible that happened that either the villagers did know about or didn't. I can't tell. If uh, something happened, one of their brothers, there's portraits everywhere. One of them is like hidden or defaced yep. or defaced. Roderick.
0: Or Roderick. Roderick. Roderick.
2: Um, and then another guy shows up, Corrigan, and he's like, I own this place. Or, I'm, I'm buying
4: gonna, it tomorrow. I'm gonna, yes. I'm
2: gonna buy this place. Why are people here? It's supposed to be empty. So he joins them for dinner. <laughs> yeah. And so now they're all having a family dinner and Victoria, the 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 daughter, who's uh, the father's caretaker, uh, she keeps offering everybody punch. It's a family recipe. Hot that punch. That never pays off. Gotta
0: get that hot punch, baby.
2: <laughs> it never pays off, right? Like no, it does. Well, you think... Oh yeah, it does. I forgot about that. (laughs) It does, but like you think that the way she's offering it to everybody has some punch. It's a family recipe. That it's gonna be like McGee suggests, some sort of black mass or orgy or something.
1: Yeah, blood. That'd be fun.
2: But no, so at some point, you know, um, Corrigan, who's actually Roderick, uh, uh, poisons the punch as a trap for Anybody, literally yep. anybody, <laughs> even though he's supposed to try to get revenge on the rest of the family for framing him for the murder of a 14 year old. Lo- oh, no, he's supposed to be 14. Makes no sense. There's too many ages floating around.
0: Yeah, she maybe is 14. He impregnated a 14 a year old or older townswoman and then She's cut supposed out to be the,
4: 14. a simple village girl. A
0: simple village girl. And then cut her then out like not. the movie Inside. Uh, to get that but fetus out, yeah, he's
2: he 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 is put away into a room of the of the manor mm-hmm. uh, for forty years as punishment to not embarrass the family. Does that mean everyone in the village already knows about it? And if so, what's the point of hiding the secret? And if they don't, it turns out Roderick didn't do it. It was Lionel, the Vincent Price character, right. Why frame him?
0: Because <laughs> they handle knows? their well, okay. own. They handle their own family. They
1: said. But who's
2: handling what? If they all framed him, is and is all... the
1: train guy a uh, uh, actor too? The, That's the station Sam, manager,
2: right?
1: No, no the, the station, station manager. manager the, the station
4: manager is not Sam. No. Oh, for some no. reason, see, it's... he came in dressed like like the station manager at the very end. So the wow. the ending of it for everybody, like, we'll we'll get into the middle part. But the yeah. ending. By
1: the way, Anna, thank you so much for recapping all that. That was yeah. excellent because I, I tried. We, yeah, yeah no, I was no, like, did she's a gonna
4: great do the
0: whole movie. Yeah,
1: good.
4: So I mean,
2: just like you were like, no, let me say words. Well, because you <laughs> started pointing
4: out. Yeah, you started pointing out all the plot yeah. holes, <laughs> Sorry. and then the plot holes. It's the big reveal at the end. Okay, is that Too after previous. a climactic battle with the murderous brother who we was didn't actually even get Christopher to
2: the, Lee? We didn't even get to the The whole point of the family reunion is that they were there to release the brother <laughs> who was supposedly in the room upstairs. For 40 years. it? Yeah, for 40 years. Yeah. Obviously, he isn't. He's escaped, he's already at dinner.
0: Judge, jury, and, and executioner, baby. They know. Forty years. They made that sentence in the family and they know yeah. that. They don't but they don't know that and at Chris the midnight, Lee, exactly they release yeah, him. Exactly. But they,
2: they they didn't know he was he he uh so it turns out to be Roderick, but he's like, Of course I escaped and then every now and then I would go upstairs to to fool you into thinking Kill I was still there. Kill a couple there.
0: rats, throw them around, become a strikingly handsome man in the meantime. Put yeah. some maggots and dolls. <laughs> uh, oh, so the he... maggots and the dolls. God damn it, Frank. You war- Frank warned me. He texted me. Because he was like, have you started watching it? And he's like, he knows my biggest bugaboo in the world is maggots in movies. Really? I do not like it. It's the only Ugh. thing that really turns me. And yeah, when those maggots show he's like, they're going to show up, but you're not going to know. <laughs> like It's going to be
4: surprising. <laughs> so who, is the, who is the corpse supposed to be in the room?
0: I don't. The family? No. The, no, it's, like, no the corpse that's there. hanging with
4: a yeah. weird fake oh, tongue.
0: Oh.
2: They like, open yeah. the door. It falls. It's holding a knife.
4: It, right. It, and it gives John Carradine a heart attack.
0: Yes. And he dies. Right. But was that, that su- I, what was that supposed to be Roderick at one point?
4: I thought it was, but then they kept saying, nope, he's out there right and they didn't say who the corpse was, so I guess I thought it was supposed to be the girl
1: yeah, because the knife is i you I just put that together because the knife is through the stomach right Wait, which I girl the so. secretary of the corpse
2: no, no the one, girl, the villager the simple village girl Oh yeah.
0: and it's through the stomach because he cut out the baby that maybe yeah. makes sense but Why
2: was the <laughs> why after the sentencing had gone down why did they let him keep the corpse Okay the corpse Oh that's so just how the law holes. works
0: in Wales. When you when you handle exactly. family law and you do it in Wales, you always the the murderer gets the victim's body. That is just standard. Hannah. Exactly. It's Especially booby if you're if you're,
4: keep, yeah, <laughs> if you're keeping it secret, you get to turn a corpse
0: into a booby so trap. So that it can be a big jump scare. Like what do you not understand yeah. about a forced jump scare? Yeah, yeah no, so it doesn't make, make any sense. Any like even us having a oh we figured it out. Doesn't make any yeah. sense of why that right. corpse is in there hanging from
2: a rope. This room is filled with, sorry maggots, but dolls and toys. Right. Not, it does not suggest that a 14-year-old Um, you know, Lothario (laughs) lives lives in that room, right? Like this guy, this guy knocked a girl up and murdered her, and you locked him in a room for forty years with like toy trains,
0: swinging whales, man. You're wandering around, you're banging left and right, and then you're finding rocking horses. And little porcelain dolls,
2: <laughs> which suggests not a Lamborghini
0: right? poster in sight.
3: <laughs> I mean, no, which, <laughs>
2: seriously. So when when Vincent Price's character Lionel is like, "Yeah, it was me," and yes, you had to take the fall. So that means that Lionel was like about fourteen, and since Roderick is younger, does that mean they locked up like a five year old?
0: Wow! With yes. a corpse. Right. Oh. I mean, so maybe big... that's why he's so twisted. Yeah. And so well-adjusted. And
2: so, well-adjusted. And so
0: well-adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> well-adjusted. Yeah, you get it now.
2: He's a businessman. He collects art and and uh, real estate. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows how to murder discreetly. He's very well-adjusted. He's able to fool and he's happily, yeah. and yeah. he's happily married.
0: Yeah. And he's happily married. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Exactly makes sense that whole so the big I mean that cause I just think the movie is a series of reveals. It is like a series of that reveal and then as yeah, you're saying and, Bozart, the and, ending is two it, endings basically. There's two
4: there's yeah, there's two really dumb endings. Mm-hmm. Um well the first really dumb ending is the one that kind of makes all these plot holes make sense, which is you sort of at at a certain point you realize everything we have been watching up to, you know, after he, after the, after.
2: He shows up to the manor and supposedly doesn't see anybody. There. Right.
4: And right. then he walks up the stairs. He moves a chair aside. He starts writing and then all the events of the plot unfold. But then we get back and it's the morning. He's at his typewriter. Everything is as it was. All of the things that have been uh, take all the protective drop cloths and stuff are still in place. He was alone. He was revealed that he was alone the entire time. So that's why his convoluted plot, full of stock characters, doesn't make any sense because this is a plot that you're watching unfold.
2: You totally missed. It's
4: a first draft. No,
2: no, no. Uh, before that happens, um, a bunch of people get murdered. Right, oh, the family yeah. members keep getting killed. Yes. In more gruesome way, usually with acid. Yeah. <laughs> usually, yeah. Uh, it gets a little falchy
0: for a little while.
2: Yeah. Um, and then it turns out. That they're all actors in this sleep no more immersive experience yep, set up exactly. by Sam the publisher so that McGee loses the bet. Right, right. Um and then it turns out that all of that is actually fake and part of the novel that McGee wrote. Right. That mm-hmm. Adam was uh, describing. So to yeah. to
4: recap, yes, yeah, so to recap, because it is stupid and convoluted, the ending of the book is the actors reveal that they're actors. Yes. And then they have a nice cast party. Everybody's sipping champagne.
2: That's right. The cast party. And it's it's like... It's
0: nice. It's like a a Wes Anderson, like, Royal Tenenbaum style. Like, everyone wraps (laughs) up and it's just like, I love the thing that you did there where you had those weird fake eyes that were made out of grapes. (laughs) And so it's
4: this this really dumb ending. So so he
2: wins the bet.
4: So not in that one.
2: No, I know, but...
4: In real life, yeah, he does. But then he he actually wins the bet. He has lunch with his publisher and hands over his manuscript and and does this this brilliant, brilliant piece of screenwriting where he's just like, you know what? I really loved writing it, and I love that kooky ending.
2: And. (laughs) He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm not sure what it is. Is it the characters or whatever? But I really like this book that I wrote. And also, I now believe in love.
4: Yeah. I now believe in love. love. I
0: now understand what characters are, he says straight up.
4: It's the whole conflict of this film is that a writer bets his publisher that he can write a novel in 24 hours. He's cynical, doesn't believe in love Mm -hmm. or human understanding, Goes to an empty mansion. Two days later,
2: what's all, travel time? Writes yep.
4: all night, and that experience <laughs> changes his life. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever written for longer than six hours, but, you know, I think the physical pain that you're in makes you hate everything.
2: I, 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 we were talking about this last night after we wrapped the film. And I, I said, like, this is the the best argument for morning pages ever.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know,
2: that exercise we're supposed to write like three pages nonstop in, yeah. the first, you know, when you wake up. He did that for 24 hours straight, became <laughs> an entirely new person.
1: <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> mean, Went insane for a bit. Got it. And a not only that,
4: not only that, in the writing of it, he was able to somehow psychically channel. The actual appearance and personality of his boss's secretary. Yeah.
2: No, he saw her. I think he's at never that lunch. seen her at lunch. That's no, he saw he, her at the lunch. End, that's when at he the said. End. Right, but he saw her at the
1: beginning. He saw her at the beginning. That's
2: uh, she, she was the the person he wasn't quote unquote in love with, oh, but horny for. But and then
0: when he saw her in real life, did he know that she was? his publisher secretary. No. No. So that's he what's because con- so he, he became psychic because like he also channeled
2: yeah. Vincent Price. Just the Oh yes. yes. But but he in real life that guy's a waiter.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. That okay. Who's
2: that's soliloquizing more,
3: it, the whole
0: time.
2: Just <laughs> like.
3: Yeah.
0: Here here's
1: the thing as I totally did not get that it was all part of the story. I missed that cuz i just thought like oh this these events happened and then his sure. book was just basically retelling what happened right oh. as opposed oh, yeah. to being like oh it was all in his imagination
4: yeah it wasn't it's set a little up very mushy. well yeah i think the it's a little the only real indication you get that everything is as it was is that there's this red chair on the 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 stairs landing that's mm-hmm. just overturned and stays right. there yeah uh un- but Got in it. the in the book that he writes, it gets moved and put away as right. company is coming over.
1: Subtle motifs. That's, why was that's what it's all
0: about. Just like little that's subtle was... clues.
1: <laughs> that's why I was confused at the end when she's like, "Oh, I'm his secretary." I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I didn't know what had <laughs> happened. I was like, wait, so oh, yeah. that's a sister, like a twin or something? Uh, yeah. I mean, cause it right, is, because because after yeah.
2: the party. It's it's all okay anyway. Mm-hmm. So like nobody got yeah. murdered, so he theoretically could go back upstairs and finish writing.
0: Exactly. Except That's the what party I thought didn't
2: be. exist. The party is part of the novel.
0: <laughs> right. He
2: wrote a, oh, a, a cast rap party into the novel.
0: Into <laughs> the book. That's my usually yeah. my favorite yeah. part of like gothic horror is when at the end they all just mill around for like 20 pages. <laughs> yeah. You know, like at the and end Vincent. of
4: Danger Five.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh I mean, cause that it's like there was a point where I was, like, starting to be like, all right, what will the end of this movie be? Like, and in, in Frank had kind of warned me that I was like, third act's pretty good. And then they really biff it on the end. But there was a moment, and I still kind of stand behind. I do think there is a version, if it was handled well, that the idea that the whole thing was the book. Is a good is there is something to that. Like, I think if you could play that out, if you had like the director kind of handle it well, if you had the editing handle it well. But that's also part of it, I guess, is that like this had more comedy in it. Uh, And then Golan and Globus had written in that they've got a final cut. So like they came in and they cut out a whole bunch of shit. Um, And so maybe we can give we sometimes give leeway of like, oh, maybe there's a cut here. Where it like is not as mushy. But I do think, I mean, there is something to having the ending of the whole thing was the book. But I think with that extra, like the party scene really does like, does isn't a, isn't connective tissue. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a good enough connective tissue to be like, what is going on? Like, I understand at all. What is right. going on? I thought
2: there was going to be another ending where it actually maybe the punch had caused him to hallucinate sure. that this oh, was all yeah. an act and a party, and he wakes up in some dungeon mm-hmm. and they're all like cutting him to pieces or something. I was <laughs> waiting for that? that like horror ending.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that there should have been a uh, another pullout reveal based on the sort of writer thing where it's like Kenneth McGee is. Now, like, he's not a hotshot writer who mm-hmm. went and wrote a book in in 24 hours and everything. It's now pulls out and he's, like, reading the end of his manuscript to his, like, writer's group of a bunch of other people who are like, <laughs> I didn't really get it. Um, I thought it was kind of weird how you had three endings and uh, didn't believe the characters.
0: And he's holding a copy of the lie the whole time. And he's like, I yeah. was a writer. I meant something once. I mean, I do think the fact I, I when the movie was over, there was the fact that he was a writer and is this specific type of writer was interesting, like to me, because like I it made me want to do a little bit more research of like, all right, what are they working off of? Like, what is the what is the writer of this movie think he's working off of as like a a theme in society and a theme in writing. Like, if it's this world of like, oh, everyone's become cynical, nobody cares about characters anymore. And I mean, even at the end, it's still not a complete win because even the publisher is just like, well, you did it. It's a little short. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Because he shit out a book in one night. Like, we all know how that goes. But I think that was the thing. This is is his shop girl. Yes. This is his (laughs) shop girl. Exactly. And it was like, there were a lot of parts with him being a writer where I was just like, yeah, I know that guy. Like, I know that dude. Like, it's just, like, the way he talked about writing, the way he talked about, like, his fucking art and also just his viewpoint on the world, it both reminded me of, honestly, like, comedians and writers I've taught. It reminded me of some of our friends. Like, and and people do we just know. Like, honestly, there was just a bit of, like, when he started going up about like how he understands character and, you know, character is meaningless in this play. And like, he understands every plot. And it's like, it's all been done before, man. <laughs> like, I was like, ugh, I get it. I mean, yeah. like, you, I've, I've dealt with you too many times. <laughs> also,
2: because that's there never is... true. That's never no. true because it just means you don't have a good idea.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, or, because this yeah. is the other part. This is the main thing with the bet itself. And maybe we can parse through what exactly was the bet, because the bet is he's complaining about the classics, and he's complaining about, and they they settle on Wuthering Heights. Is the bet the bet is that he's he's going to write a? This is a subjective bet, so that's just one thing. He's going right. to write a book that is better than Wuthering as
2: Heights. As good, I think it's as just good.
3: as good. Yeah, as yeah, good. it
2: just has to be as good as Wuthering Heights. It doesn't have I to mean, have the same a similar uh theme or be part of the same genre.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. But then also has to be gothic-y, kind of. And I guess here's the thing, is like right they away even the that. fact
2: they never put. Any but isn't of
0: that. that the reason he's going there is to get him no, in the mindset of that? He just said
2: he needs to be left alone right. for a day. He's like, if I have total right. isolation for a day, yeah, um, I can do this. And instead of going like, okay, like check into a motel. There's one right down the street. like, yeah, the you're the place we're having one now. The place we're having lunch right now. <laughs> right. That's pretty good. These he, and no, Sam's like there's I this have
0: coffee a- shop down in Fulton. <laughs> uh, and it's crazy. There's like no one ever there. There's like one guy who's always working on his it's screenplay, but like, uh, be-
4: because <laughs> it's the late seventies, early eighties, and it's England. There's right. an abandoned manor house everywhere. Yeah, it hasn't been touched <laughs> for forty years. <laughs> right. they're, everywhere. they're everywhere. But I think
0: that's that sometimes can be the problem in this movie. Is like there's connective tissue that didn't need to exist because I believe I think you are right, Anna. But like that, it didn't have to be gothic. Yeah. But he's talking about Weathering Heights being this gothic masterpiece in like this world. I think
2: that's probably just, uh, you know, the writer of this screenplay of the movie that we watched. I have to be specific. Um, <laughs> just, you know, alluding to it because it, it might be a- an inspiration for this entire movie or something. And I've not Which read it, *Wuthering Heights*, so I'm not sure. No,
0: but. I, and listening to Weathering Heights* by Kate Bush a billion times has not gotten me gotten me the answer. Uh, I do know that I was like Catherine, Kathy—is that supposed to be the wor- reason he- she has Heathcliff? that name? I, I uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they, and but like even the oh, fact yeah. that Our like buddy
1: Dan Chamberlain just designed a shirt. Oh, I was yeah. yeah. Talk about another <laughs>
0: podcast. Pretty great shirt. I mean, yeah. I was like, oh, actually, man, my wife that bought it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: the the Kath, Kathy and Heathcliff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean, so uh, Midnight Manor is not a better title than Wuthering Heights. Right away, I feel like if I was (laughs) a publisher, I would just like get in, just be like, little short, title kind of stinks. Think you (laughs) lost the bet. You said it would be equal. Already, you are not equal. This is a, it's, It's yeah, it's so, I mean, and that is the problem of art, right? You know what I mean? Really? Isn't that what we're talking about here? It's all subjective. the big problem I
4: have with, horror movies as art Mm -hmm. is that it disproportionately has affected my view of what being a writer is like (laughs) yeah yeah because i think Uh, there's a lot of i think horror movies and novels all paint this portrait of being a writer as like yeah every once in a while you go on vacation to a really big house and you go on and you have an adventure And then you Mm -hmm. write about it.
2: But I think that's actually, like, that just happens. Like, I I feel like a lot of comedy movies are about stand-ups or something trying to make comedy or romance novels are about, like, rich romance novelists who who go to the beach to find true love and then end up finishing a novel, right? Like, it's... I think writers just like to write about writing. I think you write
0: about what you know. I mean, if... I mean, I, I... I wrote a novel recently, and definitely I was like, oh, well, it's a writer. Like, oops, like, I got to change it somehow, (laughs) because I was like, god damn. But because, honestly, there was a period, like, there are certainly sections in it where I was like, oh, I'm writing like this guy writes, where I'm like, yeah, you can write a whole novel if literally you're just going to write everything you're seeing around you. (laughs) Like, the first (laughs) sentence of Midnight Manor is just like, Desi Arnaz Jr., like I'm not even going to bother with the character's name. Desi Arnaz Jr. is sitting in a chair in front of a typewriter. He looks around <laughs> him, and he's just like, "Well," and he looks so proud of himself. My wife was like, "Hardly watching," but was just like, "Is that what you do after like every single oh, sentence?" <laughs> oh no! And I was like, "Oh yeah," I sit back and I'm just like, "Cock of the walk." <laughs> like, Look what I did. <laughs>
2: how many how many dramas or like introspective like films are about screenwriters? Who can't right. finish? Their can't script do it. Yeah, and have to and get it, drunk or something, and then right. go on a wild adventure, and then come back right. and finish their script. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Trumbo. The dramatized version of it, and again, as as I think also starting to get pointed out, is the that the actual fact is like, yeah, you usually just kind of sit there, and, and then you like <laughs> look at a YouTube video after a couple lines, and yeah. Then, yeah. then you drink all like, uh, and your
4: back hurts.
0: Like that was the most realistic part is that he was getting distracted. That he like wrote a sentence yeah. and then was just like, "What's up with this clock? Like it's t- it's not dirty enough." Like and then it's like, mm, do you smell roast?"
2: If you can't write a novel in a spooky manner full of details,
0: yeah, <laughs> right. Literally, like I mean, literally, it is just like shit it out. Just what just you walk the around stairs start you wa- describing yeah.
2: shit like the decrepit red chair overturned on the landing.
0: Did it you reminded, see that marble bust? Blood. Yeah, <laughs> like the marble bust with a fucking like wrap around its head, yeah. so it looked yeah. like I, I was waiting for a human to jump out of there. I, yeah. I, I
4: thought it was supposed. Or I thought we were gonna get a close up of it, and it was gonna be Vincent Price made hastily I, out of plaster. Man, yeah. I would have killed. him. The eyes was, in though.
2: every painting followed him as he walked through the dusty hall, <laughs> which smelled yeah. of death.
0: Speaking of the artwork, like I gotta say, paintings. Anna, Midnight Manners turned it out good. You might want to think about writing
4: <laughs> yeah. this thing. Great, great, great. Speaking of artwork, like the paintings of the main cast as like their ver- the versions of them in like 1939 or whatever, like they look yes. like they look like uh, commercial art. You know? Yes. There's <laughs> only they like do. three colours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's got like Vincent Price's portrait is him smoking a cigarette.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and also like some of them, like just like my wife, the 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 unspoken third host of this sometimes will just like not be paying attention and look up and just be like, didn't have the budget budget to finish those paintings sometimes, huh? And I was like, Yeah, you know, I mean I think they're just kinda shitting some out. Oh yeah, yeah, the
4: one the one that's supposed to be the big reveal that Roderick is is uh Christopher Lee right in disguise they don't even show
0: that one no he
4: just opens up the thing and goes Cosgrove,
0: is that like one pencil draw like yeah it's it's uh the art is not of the time threw me off a little bit there right. it's supposed um, to
2: be from 1939 right or yeah. 1938
0: and, or- and rich guy
4: portraiture yeah
2: Right.
0: Maybe it's just like when we look at like old photos, like we didn't really know what colors were like then, like you know, because <laughs> we were seeing, and we didn't know what paintings really were like in nineteen thirty-eight, <laughs> nine, whatever it is. Uh, what?
4: Yeah. Yeah. What we you we say, outside? Jeff? Sir. Uh, well, oh, no. I was
0: just gonna. I wanted to get into just Vincent Price himself being like. Uh, yes. I mean, you talked at the beginning of this that you were, you know, you've been on a Vincent Price kick. I mean, there was just no getting around the minute he walked in, I was giddy. Like yeah. I was just like. Oh, yeah. If I could if House of the Long Shadows was an entire movie of him walking around soliloquizing as he points out. Yeah. Yeah. All over it. I'd watch it fucking over and over and over again. Just like the stench of death falls on all of us. Don't interrupt me. (laughs) Like, have you guys checked
2: out Mask of the Red Death?
0: One of the I've greatest it, yeah. movies ever. Like, it's so really bizarre.
2: A, it's yeah. like it's it, it's like Ingmar Bergman, but Vincent Price, but but like yeah.
0: It yeah. helps that there's this band Bellwitch, that I love, and I think I gave you a song of them. <laughs> it's uh, always a band, huh? Yes, uh, they're a funeral doom band, and they have a whole song. <laughs> These genres. Based around, Jeff, hey, welcome to my I, life.
2: <laughs> I, you just introduced me to like four different gothy (laughs) genres that I didn't even imagine could exist.
0: Well, imagine a 18 minute song with the long sample at the, from the end of mask of the red death over just a bass player and a drummer playing. I'm just like, who are you? I am who you are. round. Can around you please me? start
2: a wikia, please? <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean it'd be a <laughs> a please.
2: canon, canon wikia. <laughs> No, not a canon canon wikia of just these just like, a very esoteric <laughs> music genres that are just like it's you know, it's like 20 minutes of a guy singing inside of a trash can. It's the best thing I've ever <laughs> heard.
0: <laughs> this is why at one point Will Hydes threatened to do a video that was a split screen of me and Don Finelli, and Don Finelli would just be listing off veritals of peppers and then i would list off different subgenres of metal and it would just kind of merge at some point um okay. but yeah mask of the red Will death
2: Hines would watch it
0: yes exactly uh sounds like most of my career uh mask of the red death is a, is a beautiful movie it really is like it, i mean it's just it it's pro- beyond the abominable dr fives yeah. is probably my oh, favorite yeah. uh, oh, yeah. i, I mean that, that movie one. is i need to check we, that out Oh you got it. we we it's used great. it for a t-shirt for Panthers it's my favorite t-shirt was uh when it so did the breeders. I remember you oh, got they pissed
1: did? off about it cuz I wore I wore that into the teachers lounge one day and you're like I've got that same shirt but uh it's not the Breeders
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got pissy
1: Yeah you did that you said
0: that that doesn't sound like me oh really being, <laughs> being snobby and shitty about something music related
1: um, you basically were vincent price and i was um
0: who do you think you are frank i was um, christopher lee
1: in that where you uh, that was the best part of the movie of just l- hearing vincent price call christopher lee a
0: bitch like just being like yes. i was like whoa what a cat. i mean he's uh, Vincent Price is incredible. Like, I mean, yeah. like, th- th- I, wh- that famous story of Lorne Michaels asking Bill Hader, why now? Oh, right? yeah. Like, <laughs> two minutes before the Vincent Price talk show goes on. But also, what's your beef, Lorne? Why anything else? That sketch is great because Vincent Price is a classic. Yeah. I mean, I could listen to anyone do a Vincent Price impression forever, but, like, I mean, he, bl- like... Uh, I think the beauty of Vincent Price and Christopher Lee and like uh, is that both of them will show up ready to play. Yes, like and that's right. how it felt. Like it was just like, what are we doing? Sure, <laughs> like I'll talk for a while. <laughs> and is there a
4: monster in this, or who's the monster? <laughs>
0: yeah. we all that's are. I thing. am. Mm, I, it was me. Oh, oh, delicious! I love it. <laughs> that won't change my delivery at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, was
1: Cushing? Yeah. Was Cushing futting it like Elmer fudding? Yeah, his, his that's dialogue? the thing. It
4: felt I was going to say this when we were talking about Desi Arnaz Jr. up against these four uh, Titans.
0: Titans. Yeah.
4: I felt like um, Cushing gave himself a speech impediment as if to like handicap himself. Yeah, because yeah.
0: two things off of that. One, uh, Frank, we're always talking about the good intro they actually all had, like, equivalent of Schwarzenegger intros for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, it was like... Oh, when they entered? Yeah, each time they entered was the equivalent of, like, John Matrix, like, showing up in Commando. Like, where you're just like, <laughs> yeah, here's Vincent Price. Yeah. <laughs>
4: um, but- oh, when, when Christopher Lee shows up... Oh. I don't think I've ever seen this in anything he's been in, but he's giving that full throated like, "Who are you? What are you doing?" <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, and there,
4: and he's like, "I'm a writer. They said I could be here." And he's like, "Oh, I, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> okay. was get and back down. <laughs> yeah.
0: My bad." come on. <laughs> um, I'll leave. <laughs> with his <laughs> with Cushing's Elmer Fudd voice, what was the fake last name <laughs> that he gave? Rand.
2: Rand. Rand.
0: He Rand. said Rand. And- he
2: said Rand, but he said Rand. Rand.
0: The way it sounded sounded like a Matt Gorley slash super ego style fake name when they're like, we're just like, my name is Hankton Land chap where he was yep. like what are these various syllables because he well, really just stretched down I was like all right you gotta be better at lying here Cushing because we also, all know was some he the one up. who
2: was like when McGee was like I'm a writer <laughs> and was he the was, was he that was ran the one Sebastian is his name right <laughs> yeah. was he the one who was like are you a famous writer <laughs> yes not that I not that I, you know, not to insult you, I've just been away in Africa for 40 years and I wouldn't know whether you are or aren't. Can you tell me?
0: Yes. <laughs> Peter Cushing in this is the, is definitely the epitome of that Latin saying that's not like in vino de veritas, like in wine oh, there yeah. is truth. Because, man, yeah, that guy is just like, oops, little t- came a little too tipsy. In in punch there is yeah. truth. You, you simply must is,
2: try the punch.
0: You simply must you try the punch. Um, it's a
2: family recipe.
0: It was a family recipe. <laughs> uh, by the way, you have the best Desi out of all of us, Anna. Uh, When you, you yeah when you just did that I'm a writer <laughs> like you have, know, yeah I'm a,
2: oh good because yeah. there's not a lot of women to do impression stuff in, in oh this god drama. no
0: no in her it's just <laughs> constantly looking bug eyed and lying uh, lying about what was she protecting at the beginning her weird lie was
4: she w- said that they were that there was going to be a meeting of an international
0: terrorism group yeah in the, that house uh, oh, the, oh, the organization lobbyists. of a pr- a terrorism Proliferating protection, international protection or so, yeah. Just, Proliferating International like, Terrorism. What is the I acronym for that Sam,
2: one? I just, I just don't know why he didn't believe me. <laughs>
0: yeah. My lies were, were bulletproof, I think. You, you, know, did, you didn't use the terrorist one again, did you? <laughs> it's bullshit. I said there
2: were terrorists who were after him and he didn't do anything.
0: <laughs> yes, so, it's okay. OFLAP. The, the, the group we've all <laughs> oh, agreed <the> upon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, yeah, it's, it's OPITE. Oh pipes. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. I really want to know more about the the sister because she she doesn't get a lot of lines besides you must try the punch. Mm-hmm. But then she's also super talented musically. She's a singer and she plays the piano for everyone to enjoy, including McGee and his not girlfriend. Yeah. Um and then she just like is so full of emotion. Pri- uh, like after her own singing that she's like I loved him and he loved me and I was beautiful then and we were supposed to run away and like, oh, who are you talking about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah, all the bros like it here we go explained. again.
2: <laughs> so she who, who like you think was she in love like the only person that's not there to talk about is her brother Roderick. Oh
0: my God. So is it an him. incest Roderick thing? It could have been. It's
2: not him. So it's a character that we've never heard of, never met, right. who she wanted to be with, but because of the Roderick situation, had to stay with the father, Not doesn't make sense either. So Maybe so, it's on the
0: cutting room floor. Maybe we'll give yeah, that no, slight benefit of the doubt. Because, yeah, yeah. it is a hanging chad as I like to call it, because I'm very political. (laughs) Oh, yeah, bring it back, 2000. Mm -hmm. Keep it up Mm -hmm. to date with those political references. Can you believe Dan Quayle said potato? uh, Uh
4: (laughs) Uh This is a theatrical production that was, uh, I don't think that was rehearsed and had to be written faster than a novel. (laughs) Right. Unless this rich guy has this manner to do this to his friends. Right. Like it's, it's, it's a site-specific theater thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Sam did a really great job with a couple of phone calls. Yeah, he just called yeah. his best actor friends and he said, "Okay, you, um, you were, obvi- you're obviously old right now, but one, you were, lo- your secret is you were in love once, but you, you had to give that up for your father. Okay, um, Vincent or whatever your name is now, um, you, you're just creepy. You might be the bad guy. You might be the good guy. We don't know." <laughs> Roderick, you're you might be the good guy, but you're you're a murderer.
1: <laughs> this was that when era's... McGee is not around <laughs> yeah. and when yeah. McGee is not around, you still have to be in character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And don't be afraid of slapping each other or hitting each other. This was you might that want to era do it again curb your different yeah, so. rooms.
2: And, yeah. and Cushing, we don't have anything for you. And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll give myself a speech <laughs> I got this
0: great character I've been working on. <laughs> I saw a putty tat. Um, yeah, it's all I'm improv, actually, baby. I,
2: I have no secrets. I'm I'm relatively benign. I can't say my own name. Go.
0: I mean, then who's the Larry David in this equation? Like, who's the Larry David in this Kirby Enthusiasm? He yeah. is. Yeah. McGee. Oh man, yeah, he is. He is reacting nonstop. Yeah. Um, uh, pretty, pretty,
1: pretty good.
4: <laughs> so that, uh, so that that poor actress who plays the Victoria. I mean, well, no, the, oh. the, the, uh, of Catherine? the two travelers.
2: Oh, Diana. Diana.
4: Yeah. So she's got to take a face full of horse poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, as, so I hope she got stunt pay for that. Yeah. Right. And, and orgaz- orgasmically
0: off- clean off her face, like, of that horse. Yeah, poop. that was weird. Yeah, like, those first two hand. That's the thing, though. We always forget that about acid. Those first two handfuls feel so good. And then <laughs> yeah. it's the oh, third yeah. that really just like burns a the flesh. Like bracing
4: astringent sort yeah. of, ooh, that's. I can feel my pores open. It's like a no, citrus facial peel. You know how this
0: works.
2: We know that that didn't happen. Right. that it was probably just rose water scented mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Like just, you know, just, um, so it, it probably did feel nice. And she was smiling because she was like, now I get to put on my mask. Now I
4: get to put <laughs> yeah. on my latex
0: appliances. Yes. Oh
4: my
2: just God. She's her face for the latex. Yeah.
0: You know what? And this is the first time that I'm like, I don't want to rewatch this movie. But now I have to rewatch it of like, okay, here are all the scenes where no one's seeing these actors.
4: Yeah. The big reveal that 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 Roderick was imprisoned, was falsely imprisoned by his own brother. Right. Happens while Desi Arnez's character is stuck in a
0: secret passage. Right. Because I've never. I I have never I've never and I've thought about this for 30 years uh, but uh, I've never in the time since I watched it last night and right now considered that yeah her washing her face she shouldn't she was acting there if the story is how it goes and we don't see her put a face on.
2: It totally fucking tracks. It makes absolute sense. It's
0: seamless. It's a seamless writer's (laughs) exercise, this movie.
2: If you've ever been to Sleep No More or like a really well-committed improv show where someone like has to go into the back, they're still in character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody can see them. They're still in character just in case someone can see them. If
0: you're ever at, Frank, did I ever talk about when I went to the Hollywood Bowl restaurant or the the Brown Derby restaurant at MGM? The Brown Derby restaurant was a recreation. Remember the Brown, like the like old timey Hollywood, and they used to have that at Disney MGM. And when I was a kid, I went and they would have actors wandering around as like old timey actors and directors. And I, I was me always, so I didn't want to interact with them. But my dad was in a mood, was just like, "Yeah, get this director guy over here," and like he was like, "My kid's an actor too. You should talk to him." So then I had to spend (laughs) like fifteen minutes with this guy who was like, "My name is W B Film." <laughs> and, and
3: like, it's
0: like all shitty puns and it was a nightmare just trying to like eat my pasta primavera or whatever I was eating there. Uh but yeah, I oh god. I I I've never uh thought about going to sleep no more and now thinking about the fact that this whole movie is a sleep no more situation, that's where yeah, my yeah. anxiety comes from because yeah. I have no you know interest in that shit.
2: It's worth it if they ever open those things back up. It's Really
0: fun. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it would be we'll don't do think a midnight manner themed. It would be, I don't think restaurant. it's gonna be, it would be all 10 years in change of my therapy. Uh, really working against all of my inclinations <laughs> to try to enjoy it. <laughs>
1: well, we're gonna, we're all, we, us four are going to put the money in and we're going yeah. to start
0: this. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight yeah. Manor midnight themed. Manor? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Midnight Manor would be a great sleep no more style. Well, you know. Yeah.
2: Um, there's um. I was trying to figure out like what are what are people doing right like out right now because it's Pride in LA mm-hmm. and everywhere. Um, and there's some sort of like immersive experience. I I briefly scanned that like you basically just through your iPhone and headphones listen to a story as you walk through a space. Mm-hmm. And like we could one hundred percent. Yeah. Do something like that with Midnight Manor. (laughs) Just describe what they're seeing.
0: Well, you know, you're just waiting in your career for that one lucky break, that one great idea, and I think we all stumbled upon what it is after all these years. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so, I mean, in a nutshell, I think we've hit a lot of, what is House of the Long Shadows? Um, uh, is there is there anything that we uh, we would be kicking ourselves uh, that we miss talking about in this?
4: Ah, oh, boy, good question, Jeff. Uh, I try. It's been. I mean, this has been a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun to talk about both ha- hammer and cannon, mm-hmm. both you know aggressive yeah, if objects. If you
2: find yourself watching and enjoying this film. Then you definitely and haven't seen any Hammer House films. You should definitely check those out.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then
2: additionally, if you already have seen all of those and think they're hilarious unintentionally, you should see Dr. Terrible's House of Horrible. Sure. Which is oh, just yeah. a parody right. of, those show- uh, of those movies. Um,
0: yeah, with Steve Coogan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, at the very least, just listen to Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights and Hammer Horror on loop for a little bit. And then watch House of the Long Shadows. Uh, Or do like a a Pink Floyd mashup with Wizard of Oz style thing. Um, You just have to start playing Hammer Horror by Kate Bush the fifth time that Desi Arnaz Jr. says that he's a writer. Um, And and that's when it all lines up.
2: Since we're doing pairings, what food do we recommend with this?
0: Yeah. Uh definitely grapes. Okay. I mean, this is like this. All of the food is the equivalent of like you're eating a meal that is when uh, you're, you're a kid and your family sets up a haunted house. And so, okay. you know, it's just like, oh, they're worms.
2: <laughs> so grapes. Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, hot
0: Kool-Aid. <laughs> hot, Hawaiian, hot punch. Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Hawaiian
2: punch, yeah. Hawaiian punch. Yeah. Some sort of red mixed drink, and then obviously a roast. Roast.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The best smelling oh. roast you
4: ever heard. <laughs> and to answer to answer your question from before, um, I think Peter Cushing is the Jeff Lynn of this traveling luminary uh, situation.
0: Yeah. That's a good answer.
4: Carodine, obviously the uh uh Roy Orbison,
0: yeah, because he looks like yeah. he's gonna die while he's performing much like Roy Orbison, <laughs> like Roy Orbison, yeah, uh, um, those sunglasses were keeping him together, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but
4: that's how he died. his sunglasses fell off,
1: yeah, tom <laughs> Petty,
0: Tom Petty's definitely gotta be Christopher Lee, right, yeah, uh, the youngest yeah. member, um, yeah and then You're obviously Vince five
2: relatively similar looking people of relatively equal talent and age act as if they're all not <laughs> <laughs> within 5 to 6 years of each other yeah this is the movie for you <laughs>
0: yeah. now that is a ringing endorsement uh so at this point is when we give our rating of house along of shouts. This is our canon rating. Uh, this is on a scale of one to ten cans. This is not how good or how bad it is, but off of your knowledge of can films, how canon is this canon film in relation to other canon films?
2: You want to go? Or uh,
4: why don't you go first? If you have an answer,
2: I'm gonna say two. I expected more tits.
0: Yeah, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> c- certainly
2: Compared not life c-
4: force.
0: Yeah, certainly not uh, oh, yeah. any problematic nudity. Uh, and I,
2: it wasn't scary. Uh, a couple of times it was spooky. Yeah. But the, it it didn't feel uh, ex, exploitive. Yeah. As as much as I expected. Yeah.
3: yeah.
4: I was gonna say a five. I feel like it is like, uh, it's got so many different hor- hammer horror um elements in it, but it also has it has the canon feel in that sense of. You can kind of tell that uh, Golan and Globus didn't read the script before they went into production. You can tell a lot of actors are doing it as a paycheck. uh, And also it's set in like, you know, one grand
0: location. And you're not
2: sure if it's supposed to be good or not because there's a lot of good parts to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Frank, what you
1: got? I'd probably give it a four- yeah Uh, three or four i really enjoyed parts of this movie and i really got excited in that third act where i was like this is taking a turn that i'm really enjoying Mm -hmm. and i i wish it would but then that fucking that wasn't just a rug pull it was a trap door (laughs) that they did so (laughs) i was like mad about that because i thought like hey because i i love hammer horror films and i can be patient with movies even the most boring hammer horror i'm still enjoying i can i can I can be patient with it, but we've this... talked
0: about Solaris in depth. <laughs> right? Yes, we talked about Solaris. Yeah, but I, I
1: think that like it, I, I really liked where it was starting to go in that third act, and I liked the kind of horror and the action that was going on, and then just blah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. at a three or four.
0: I'm giving it a four. Same. I think mm-hmm. it's got. Uh, yeah, this like it's. I I think the biggest canon thing is knowing that. Uh Golan and Globus did the edit on it and then made it mushier than it probably was. Uh oh, yeah. and that it in it is a tone jam because there are times where you're like, I guess this is maybe supposed to be a parody, but I'm not sure that's a joke exactly. Um right. and throughout, yeah. and you're like, maybe it isn't a parody. Maybe it's just Desi like is playing it that way because he doesn't get how acting works. Um yeah. uh, <laughs> But uh, and But that soliloquizing line from uh, Vincent was so self-aware in the funnest way. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's four. It definitely lives up to it not having the canon logo and just having uh, the yeah. canon group in a simple also, font. Also, the
2: trailer for this movie is so great.
4: Oh yeah, definitely oh, yeah. check it. I wish we would have said this at the very beginning. The trailer is a lot of fun.
2: You should play yeah. it, yeah. It,
4: it does have, it's, it's Vincent Price narrating it and when he's naming every, but all the legends in it, you know, he's like Peter Cushing, Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, John Carradine, Desi Arnaz.
0: <laughs> can we get a second but he also take, knows Vincent? Vincent's?
2: Price. That's me. Yeah, Vincent
0: yeah. Price. That's me. I'm in this picture. <laughs> yeah. It's me. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Ann and Adam. Uh, let's Anytime. get some plugs in. Us. Where can people find you?
2: Please check us uh, out at Left Handed Radio on all the socials, lefthandedradio.com. Uh, we're on Twitch. We're on Patreon. We're yes. everywhere. We got cartoons, podcasts, uh, game shows. We got it all.
0: Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah.
4: Lefthandedradio.com,
0: please. Well, thank you for coming on. This was super fun. I'm so glad we got yeah. you two to talk about this movie with us. Oh, this was.
4: This is a blast, and yeah. I'm, I'm
0: glad I had the excuse to watch the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yes. this is amazing. <laughs> That's our whole career now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, again, you can reach out to us uh, at Frank,
1: what are our socials? At TheCanonCanon Cannon on Instagram and Twitter, and Patreon.com backslash TheCanonCanon. And you can even email us at uh,
0: TheCanonCanon at gmail.com. So please do. Please sign up for that. We got some more fun stuff coming soon. But until next week... <laughs> I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is... The The
1: Cannon! Cannon!
0: It would appear you are trying to create a mystery where there is none. Yeah, no shit. (laughs)